Nowadays, the Unreal Engine powers some of the biggest releases in gaming. The Final Fantasy VII Remake, Borderlands 3, the very recently released Mass Effect Legendary Edition, and of course one of the biggest games around, Fortnite. But 22 years ago, this engine was developed alongside the game it gets its name from, Unreal. Released on May 22, 1998, Unreal came to the masses as a Windows PC game that was something unlike anyone had ever seen. It certainly was Unreal. In itself, it was a generational leap in the technology of its time. Today we're going to be taking a look back at the original Unreal, talking about how it came to be and how it left the Unreal Engine as its legacy. So let's take a step back, talk about the quake killer of its time as we take today's trip down memory card lane. Good morning, good afternoon, and good evening. I hope these words find you well. Hello and welcome to the 38th episode of our Video Game Nostalgia podcast. Each week we take a look back at one release during the current week in gaming history, and we talk about it. While doing so, we hope to teach you something new about the game, what it took from the world, or what it gave back to it. Today, we're going to be taking a look back at Unreal, originally released for Windows on May 22nd, 1998. It is the first in the Unreal series, and is the first game to use the Unreal game engine, which is perhaps one of the biggest game engines in development today. As always, I'm joined by my co-host, who once gifted me a week-long vacation to Napali, worst vacation ever, by the way, my brother, Rob Casson. Rob, what in the hell did I ever do to you? Years and years of mental torment. <laughs> was it years though yeah i guess it was years i mean yeah at least like 11 yeah true statement well how are you i am well how are you good 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 anything new going on with you since the last time we uh we had a chance to sit down and talk mm, nope can't think of anything new no news is good news sometimes that's what i like to say Indeed. And yourself? I have foster kittens. I think that was a thing last time we sat down, though. I have a lot of foster kittens. Yeah, that you do. That you do. Yep. But that's okay. We're going to get them into other foster homes. We're going to get them adopted out because that's what we do. Uh, What are you playing this week? What have you been playing in the past week? Did a little bit of American Truck Simulator. Oh, yeah? How's that going? I mean, with the wheel, it's a lot of fun any other way, and I probably would hate the game. What's, um, <laughs> what's, what's the draw to it? Just using a wheel and having a relaxing game instead of a racing game. Yeah, fair enough. What else you been up to? I have played uh, did a couple of raids on Tarkov, and then, you know, I did a little bit of Apex, and uh, mostly just... Um, actually, not even mostly. I haven't done a whole lot, but I did do a little bit of RuneScape as well, as always. Just can't go wrong with some RuneScape. I mean, you can. <laughs> By starting to play the game, you've already gone wrong. But I'm, I'm in, I'm in at this point, so I'm, I'm not backing out. Oh man, yeah, I guess that's uh fair. Okay, cool. Okay. So RuneScape and American Truck Simulator and uh, what was the other one? 
Um, Tarkov. Escape from Tarkov. Thank you. I tend to block Tarkov off. It's that. It's it's just the kind of game that damages me, my soul. Well, that'll happen when you're bad. <laughs> so, so flippin' true. Oh, man. Well, like I said, today we're going to be taking a look back at the first in the Unreal series. First game to use the Unreal engine. I, I want to start by saying that it, it it's going to be a bit of a struggle, you know, to... Unreal was... Uh, it was a technological marvel. Unreal was a very, very distinct step up in the technology of the time. I mean, it, it, it really was. But most of those step ups were were visual in nature. And so, you know, we're going to try to give credit where credit's due. Not using a visual medium for what is very much deserving of a visual medium. So if you ever get a chance, just as a side note, you know, we're, we're going to talk a lot about it. But hop online and look at some pictures, look at some video, watch some playthroughs. This this was a, a pretty good game. So we're going to go back to. I don't even know where we're going back to. I mean, it came out in 98, so we're going back a few years, a few years sooner. Unreal was made together by two companies, Epic Mega Games and Digital Extremes. Digital Extremes is known nowadays as the developer of Warframe, which I've played extensively, but I don't believe you've ever played, have you, Rob? I have not. Yeah, that's the game that my bestie is is put countless hours in. A really cool Indeed. game. Yeah, <laughs> it's a really good game. If you like being a space ninja, a lot of fluid movement. I actually think you'd like it because you really like action and fluid movement like um devil may cry and i mean it's not quite that good at the movement but it really tries to give you that like parkour type sense type deal okay so it's a good game and it's got a really good community and like all communities the end game is fashion so you know who doesn't like having to work to make their in that case it's called a warframe as gaudy as possible that's that's the goal for all of us fashion frame we call it fashion frame but uh, so Digital Extremes was uh, making a game called Epic Pinball. It was made by Digital Extremes and it was it was published by Epic Mega Games. Early in the they were also working on the Jazz Jackrabbit series, which was an early platforming series from this era. But along the way, they came together to make uh, to make Unreal, you know, and at the time we had the what the quakes. I mean, this was this is right in the time that you had the quakes and the. God, what what else did you have? The Dooms of the World? Doom would have been 95, you know? Honestly, Doom was a big influence of this game. You know, the guys played a whole lot of multiplayer deathmatch uh, working into this, but uh, there was a lot of influences. Perhaps one of the most fascinating things about this, and I won't beat the development too much, there's a lot of really fascinating stuff on the development, but this was one of the earlier games that did what that did virtual development. So, for instance, you know, when they were looking for people to uh, the lead animator, okay? They found the lead animator through some work he did online and started working with him, and he worked on this game for 2 years before he actually came to meet the rest of the team, which is something that i feel is very commonplace like we would nowadays would go oh that's just the way it is you know 
But back then, we're talking 96, 97, the internet is in its infancy. To think about the fact that they were doing this remote development back then, honestly, it's something I didn't know, and it, it kind of blew my mind, to be honest with you. Yeah, that is pretty interesting. Yeah, I mean, two years, you know. They they took their one of their guys, their AI guy, okay? The AI guy had made a mod for Quake. Quake was the biggest uh, first-person shooter at the time. He had made a mod for Quake that introduced bots to its multiplayer, and they had liked it so much that they asked him if they he would come and he would inevitably work on the AI in in this game, you know, and would do it remotely too. And so it was like they took these bits and pieces, you know, we found this online and we liked this guy that worked on this game, and we liked this guy that worked on this game, and they, they brought it all together, you know. But really, what was special about it is at the top, they had these really genius programmers, you know, Sweeney and uh, Cliffy B. We know Cliffy, Cliff Blazinski nowadays because, you know, Epic is all over the place and Gears of War and so on and so forth. And what they wanted to do is they wanted to make tools that was going to make the, the, the design of the game to streamline the actual development process. And so as they built this game engine they built these editors and utilities into the game that would very much make it easier and streamline the process so it's really fascinating in that they designed they designed the unreal engine alongside the unreal game but that wasn't their goal like they didn't set out to make an unreal engine they just made the game and they slowly made these tools that made it easier and better for everyone and then they realize that this tool set would be beneficial to others and just license it out is kind of the deal. Now, Rob, you and I have been going back and looking at a lot of games from this era, correct? Like we looked at, what have we done recently? I mean, we've done the Doom. We did the Duke Nukem. God, what was that really claustrophobic game that we played recently? The ship one. Yeah, what was the ship one? Descent. Mm, Descent, Descent, thank you. Okay, all right. So we've played all these games recently, and I think it's fair to say that even the ones, all of them, if I'm thinking back to Doom and I'm thinking back to Descent and I'm thinking back to Duke Nukem, all of them were very claustrophobic. Descent more, way more than any other. But let's think, like even Doom is mostly corridors, right? You you get what I'm saying? Yep. So as Epic was working on... I mean, they determined right from the get-go that if they were gonna, if they were gonna knock everyone's pants off, they had to be just a technological powerhouse, had to be a marvel. And so, one of the things that they did is they wanted to make something that was very different than all the other games of the past. So, no more claustrophobic corridors, no, you know, the low textures. They looked what they were looking at artistically is they were looking at games like Mist. You ever played the original Mist? Any of the Mist series? Doesn't sound familiar. No way. Are yes, you, way. No, 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 yep. no, no, yep, 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 no, no. Yep. Yep. You can say no all you want, but it's not going to change the answer. You have to know what Mist is. Nope. Riven? Nope. I feel like. Not by can- name. I feel like a complete failure right now as a as a as an older gaming brother. Well, there you go. Huh. My work here is done. Yeah. All right. So Mist was a huge puzzle game of its time, like one of the OG puzzle games. 
probably the best-selling puzzle series of all time. I'm not. I mean, I, I, I I'm gonna get myself in trouble with that statistic, but, um, yeah, man. And it was like artistic, and it had these really lush environments that were just beautiful and took you to different places. And I cannot believe you don't know what this is. Oh my goodness! All right. Uh, so Epic Games were looking at the mist and the ribbons of the world. They wanted to model these these huge variety of areas that one would see on an alien planet. You know, temples and castles and large outdoor you know caverns and and to mines and prisons. And their thing is that they they just wanted variety. They they wanted to get out of that really cross claustrophobic model. And they wanted to, they they wanted to you know get there, and so one of the things they did is when they designed the game, all the other games had been using eight bit color, which was two hundred fifty six colors, you know, but when they designed the Unreal Engine, they went to sixteen bit color, which is considered a real color, which let them use much more. Even when it first came out, John Carmack, the guy, you know, the guy from id Software is quoted as saying that, you know, he said, I doubt that any important game will be designed with 8-bit color in mind from now on. Unreal has done an important thing in pushing towards direct color, and this gives artists a lot more freedom. So right from the get-go, they were pushing the color. They pushed the lighting you know they they did light blooms they did fog volumes they did composite skies so all these things that we take i mean honestly with where technology is nowadays it's hard to talk about this you know all this stuff in its infancy but like we didn't have fog before this we didn't have we didn't have spares of light you know to where like when you look at it the light was actually coming off of it like a twinkle or or or, or it would it would come out you know these were these were the first things it, it it was a lot of real technological uh, marvels, you know? Yeah, it was just really something else. Between the technological advancements they made, between, between the virtual recruitment that they made, this was the time when computers were, were increasing in, in strength at the time. You know, we were going from the 486 line to the Pentium line. The Pentiums were increasing exponentially, and we were getting dedicated graphics card finally. I think this was during the Voodoo age, which I just loved the Voodoo cards. Voodoo cards were badass. There's just so much going on, and Epic took Epic took advantage of it. We we did we did we talked about Half Life too. Did did we not, Rob? We did. And one of the things that made Half Life so special was that it was a a narrative shooter. But Un- Unreal did the same thing. I mean, when you start this game out, you're breaking out of a prison. And you hear screaming, ominous music, and then just find, like, bloody bodies laying on the ground, you know? So, this is around the same time that that System Shock came out. It's a little bit before Half-Life. I think Half-Life was the next year, or later in the year. Unreal was creating these atmospheres and and, and doing this, you know, right from the get-go. It was, it was, it, it was just something else. This was... Technologically, like I said, technologically, it, it was just so different from everything else. It was such a step up. It was so cool. I mean, I can still remember when you boot up the game, you got what's called the Unreal Castle, which 
I believe every Unreal Engine has had the Unreal Castle. It's just a it's just a giant castle, and the camera's flying through it, and they've always used it to to show off. You know, Unreal One. We're up to Unreal Four. About to be Unreal Five is what they're working on. You know, the fifth engine and the butch, and uh, you just got the music and you got the castle, and it was just so freaking cool. And then you know, you start out the game in a prison start off the game in a prison and you break out of it and then you have just this open lush alien world it's akin to like i think i've talked about like fallout 3 when you first come out of the vault and the whole world opens in front of you and it's just kind of awe-inspiring because you realize how big of a game you just walked into and that's kind of what walking out of the first prison into napoli was like it's it was kind of the same effect but 1998 style Rob, would you believe that they were going to make this for the Nintendo? We talked about it last week, the 64DD. Remember we talked about the disk drive previously? Yeah, I, I honestly had no idea that was a thing. So it's kind of it would have been really interesting to uh, have had this for that. Well, it got canceled because the DD never got released from Japan. So they decided not to not to bring it. They were also going to do a, a Dreamcast port, but it was uh, it was canceled, too. I know, right? It is pretty lame. But yeah, so a lot of really good things. Uh, virtual development, virtual recruitment, techno- pre- pushing forward technologically. I'm not going to pretend that the development was was completely perfect. You know, they did eventually have to come together. They couldn't stay virtual the whole time. And originally it was supposed to only be a short-term thing, but they came together and had to work, I think, a, a year or a little more, a little bit over a year to get the game done. And they were under a lot of pressure at the end and, and had to make some really tough decisions. And But a lot of games do, you know what I mean? That's that's pretty normal. That's pretty normal for games to have to, to, have to do it. But the game was a success. I mean, I guess it was a success. I, I, we'll, we'll get to that. So we have this game here released in May of 98 and you know the 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 premise is that you're a prisoner uh aboard a prison spacecraft and and while you're being transported to a, a moon-based prison the the ship gets pulled by the gravity of an uncharted planet and it crash lands on the lip of a canyon of this planet called Napali and it's the home of the Nali which is a, a basically a primitive race of four-armed humanoids <laughs> And and basically, you have to escape this ship. That's what I said. You start out in the prison. It's the crash ship, and and you have to escape it and and find your way and find your way out and off the planet. This Rob, this game had a lot of really fun weapons. Um, had a lot of really fun weapons. There were some different ones. You know, it had rail guns and it had flat cannons. Good lord, there was just all sorts of weird stuff. But yeah. It was it was a lot of fun. The thing with this game, in all honesty, is that the technology is most of what made it special. It, it, it was a first-person shooter. It had a story, and that was really cool, you know. But the technology was really what drove it. We we were in all of everything because it looked so different. And it was a new level of realism for the graphics and the you know the music coming together and the atmosphere that the new graphics could play. It was just it was definitely something special. But the truth of the matter is, beyond that, it was another first person shooter. You know, go here, shoot this, get this, shoot that. 
there wasn't it it didn't exactly reinvent the wheel when it came to the game itself it, its whole draw was was the technology of the time and we're going to talk about that we're going to talk about that i'm definitely not the only person that feels this way i know it's a little earlier than normal but i promise you there's a reason for it rob i want to jump right into critic reviews because i think that they're going to see it just as well if not better than a lot of what i can say and we'll kind of piggyback off that so i have a couple for you if you'd like to take it from here sure thing dave yeah first up we have GamePro, who says that Unreal is hands down the most unique-looking shooter to come along in an extremely long time. The environments are vast, varied, lush, and breathtaking. The textures are much larger and more detailed, colorful, and varied than those in Quake 2. The special effects this engine can produce are truly amazing. Water cascades and ripples, lights blend, pulsate, and shimmer realistically. There's also per-pixel fogging in software and 3D acceleration that really lends itself to the atmosphere pervading most of this game. They go on to say that the 3D sound effects are also amazing. Sounds of monsters' footsteps, engine hums, water dripping, waterfalls, bird cries, and gunshots change dramatically according to your position relative to them. Why am I spouting off about Unreal's technical merits before getting into its gameplay? Because Unreal's technology is its most noteworthy element. When you get to the gameplay... Unreal is essentially the same old find-your-way-to-the-next-level variety, just much more of a beautiful journey. I mean, I think GamePro has it right there. It's a visual medium. This game took it to the next level. I do want to take a step back and talk about those 3D sound effects, because that was newer at the time, too. You know, nowadays, every computer has a 5.1 or 7.1 you know, sound card, even your most basic codecs are that. But that wasn't the case back then. I remember that I owned a Sound Blaster, Sound Blaster Pro. I owned more than one Sound Blaster. You had to buy special sound cards to take advantage of stuff back then. When I built the computer that I went away to college with, it had a Sound Blaster. Specifically, I had a surround sound speaker system for my computer, and I had bought a sound card that could specifically take advantage of it to do 3D sound. And this is, the, I mean, this is about that time. You know, this is, I was, 98 would have been high school, my first year of high school, so... But let's talk about what it said. Uh, when you get to the gameplay, Unreal is essentially the same old find your way to the next level variety. It's just much more of a beautiful journey. How many games is that the case for nowadays? You, you get what I'm saying? Like, we get a lot of shooters that that's really the case. Or do we nowadays? I I feel that there's some variety in, in games. What do, you, what do you think, Rob? I mean, I play a lot more of the like pvp competitive variety and like the battle royales and things so i i they don't really have that find your way to the next level unless you're talking literally like you're like in game level but for most of them that doesn't really have a whole lot of effect on stuff so it's not like it's not like oh you have to go to this location beat this boss collect this key and then you're into the next level i i don't play a lot of games like that but i I probably would think that there are still some that are like that, but for the most part, there's a lot more variety because it takes a little bit more to keep people's attention. Yeah. Well, I mean, let's take a look at the last two games that I played. They're not necessarily first-person shooters, but I wrapped up God of War, and I played the Last of Us series before that, you know? Um, I, I mean, you could honestly say a lot of those are find your way to the next level variety. 
Uh, they just are set in different places. You know, the gameplay is obviously they're slightly different. One's more melee, one's shooting. But I think it's a almost an unfair comparison because I think a lot of games are going to be find your way to the next level. And what sets them apart is how you do so. Eh, maybe how they look. Atmosphere is a lot of stuff now, too. So I do not know. All right, take the next one. What did GameSpot have to say? They had to say that difficulty in reviewing a game like Unreal is keeping in mind what has come before it, while at the same time allowing the game to flesh out its own sense of style and gameplay. Unreal is not Quake. The look is different, the feel is different, and what gives Unreal an edge is how these differences, while not always positive, distinguish it from the legions of other 3D shooters. I want to say that at the time, Quake was the shooter. I mean, Quake was the game that everyone was playing... You know, this is a this is years after Doom. Doom was ninety five. This is ninety eight. You know, we we kind of moved on. I think Quake was ninety six, ninety seven. Uh, I mean, it would obviously have to be, but um, Quake was the game. The marketing around this game marketed it as a Quake killer. Hell, the box. If you ever find a picture of the box, go and look at the box. The box actually has a quote from a game. You know, game reviewer that says this is the next Quake killer. So everyone you know we've seen this time and time again when we talked about silent hill everyone wanted to compare uh, silent hill to resident evil uh we, we've seen lots of games that get compared to other games and this was definitely the case here uh because everyone wanted this to be the quake killer so it's just gonna you're gonna see that time and time again uh, what else did GameSpot go on to say they went on to say that as far as the game itself the graphics are incredible Unreal has the best graphics of any first-person shooter, and possibly of any game, to date. The palette is bright and varied, while the textures are intricate and well-defined. The quality of textures deserve high praise. They help create environments that really take hold of you. The levers... Levers? I like levers. This the levels had... are so... <laughs> it had levers. This game had levers. It's cool. Yeah, 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 yeah. The levels are so detailed and distinct that it's easy to distinguish one level from all the others and you won't confuse the prison spacecraft for the Nali village. In conjunction with the graphics, the level design is advanced and complex. The mix of wide open spaces and cramped hallways is refreshing. As far as graphics go, you just can't beat Unreal's immersion factor. They finish out by saying Unreal is a truly great single-player game. It's hard to say whether it will stand the test of the first-person action shooter wars and become a classic in and of itself, but it will definitely have to overcome the lack of a decent internet experience if it wants to obtain any more accolades. But apart from that, it offers as much as you could possibly want from a game in this genre. Yeah, so the original Unreal didn't really win the win the multiplayer droves over. Uh, it wasn't it wasn't where the development focus was. It wasn't a great game that change that would change later, honestly, with the Unreal Tournament release, which focused on the multiplayer aspect of it and would become one of the earlier esport, which McCall's. But we're not talking about tournament right now. It's hard to say whether or not Unreal is a classic. I, I think it is, but I don't really feel like it has a place anymore. There is no Unreal. People don't still play Unreal. People don't talk about Unreal. We know the Unreal Engine, which is where its legacy lies. And again, you know, we're going to talk a little bit more about that. But I don't think the game series... I think it's recognized for being the technological leap at the time but I really don't think that the game in itself is is a classic. Not not in the same way we've talked about a bunch of others that, that 
that are classics. You, you get what I'm saying? Yeah, it's a classic that's not a classic. Yeah. I mean, there's some games that have just kind of beat the test of time. You know, we talked about, what, Legend of Zelda Honor Ocarina of Time. People are still scrambling mm-hmm. to play that, but no one's really scrambling to play Unreal that I, I know of, at least. Well, you just know the wrong people, Dave. That's probably true. Speaking of people, let's move on to another critic review. What did IGN have to say at the time? They had to say that Epic Mega Games has been tinkering on the Unreal project for years. Literally. We won't release it until it's ready, they said. Well, it's out, and boy is it ready. This is a quality product, folks, and even compared to id Software's stunning work on Quake 2. Sure, it took the developer long enough, but taking a long look at the game, it's not hard to see where the effort went. The one thing that's obviously clear when running the game is the amazing attention to detail the developers put into the game's engine. Lighting isn't just an ooh, neat effect here, although it is implemented a bit gratuitously. It sets the mood perfectly, and in some cases, as with dark rooms and flickering wall panels, it becomes an integral part of the gameplay. The problem is, players who want to get their hands on the game need to have a cutting-edge system. And of course, while 3D acceleration is always encouraged in this game, with all of these effects going on, it's a necessity. Because the developers covered all the bases, an incredible 3D engine, single-player and multiplayer modes, as well as an open editor, it's not hard to conclude that Unreal is the finest first-person shooter so far. The only problem now lies with other developers who now have to top this one. Unreal is going to be one tough nut to crack. They cracked Unreal. They definitely cracked Unreal. On the single-player first-person shooter... When Half-Life came out, that was pretty much it for this. You know, it took a backseat to that story. I will say that its multiplayer success continued on when they released Unreal Tournament. And those went on for a while as, you know, the early esports scene. But uh, Unreal is a, a, a Unreal as a game. Unreal as a game, I, I don't think held on. Now, with that being said... Let's talk about Unreal as a gaming engine, because I, I, I think that that's a whole different conversation. OK, yeah. I, I wanted to prove something going into this, you know, because I, I wanted to see what the top selling games were for every year and find out how many of them use the Unreal engine. But of course, the top selling game of every year is usually a Call of Duty game and Call of Duty uses their own internal engine. So, it you know, on a cursory glance, it shot it right out the window. But that's not to say that Unreal hasn't 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 had some successes through the time, you know. Back here in this time, the the first Unreal Engine one, you know, we had, you know, let me talk a little bit about what, what Unreal Engine is. So, for those of you that aren't aware of what a gaming engine is, it's basically the framework upon which the entire game is designed. It, it it's essentially a tool set that a good engine will be a tool set that people can use to bring everything together. So, you know, the Unreal Engine could have 3D modelers and and it could have, you know, sound editors and and physics engines and sound engines and level design, character design. It's just, it's, it's, it's the whole framework that the game designs itself. Way, way back in the day, you know, we've talked about me and my early programming you know, back in the basic day, you had to write literally everything from scratch. You know, this pixel is this color and this pixel is that color and it moves in this way. 
But when you got into this era and you got the advanced engine, you basically had... This was early on in what we call the WYSIWYG era. What you see is what you get. We used to get really early web editors, but this takes the same, you know, the Unreal engines, by the time they became a, a consumer thing, were the same thing, to where y- you basically have a modeler where you could click a square on the side of the screen, and a square would pop into the game in front of you. And essentially, you could design a game in such a way that was very intuitive. And originally, when you would have to say, okay, well, if I'm going to do a cube... I'm going to program it so there's a line from, you know, X1, Y1 to X2, Y2, another line from Y2 to Y3. And and that's just, I'm just, you know, spitballing things to make it as simple as possible. You know, so you had the square, you'd make a, you'd make a plane by putting four lines together. Then you'd have to tell it, okay, the plane in which all four of these lines made would be gray. And then you'd put all the planes together and then you'd have to say, okay, well, I want there to be physics. So you'd have to actually program physics as the code itself. Okay, well, you know, X equals Y squared, whatever the physics stuff is. You'd have to bring all these pieces together separately. And basically, you could just throw a cube in a screen with a, with a gaming engine, and it would do all the behind-the-scenes stuff. It really helped to streamline game development. In fact, Unreal is, is one of the big ones today that I myself have had the pleasure of using. Your two your two big ones are Unreal and Unity. Now, I, I will admit, from my standpoint, I'm more of a Unity guy. Unity and Unreal code differently. Unreal codes with an old, not old, it's still really used, uh, C++. That's the programming code for, for Unreal if you do decide to do manual coding where Uni uses C-sharp, and I just feel that my comfort zone is with C-sharp. So I've always appealed to Unity. But that doesn't mean that I, I've, I've, I've never used Unreal. And Unreal is, I feel that Unreal is more of a triple A, more of a triple A game engine than Uni is. Uni was kind of developed with indie games and mobile games in mind. And while there's a lot of triple A games that can use Uni nowadays, I, I think Unreal is the is still the one that just wows people with the graphics and the technology and, and everything coming together. Now it's probably way more on gaming engines than you ever wanted to know. Now that I'm thinking about how long I've been rambling on about them. So I mean I actually think it's kind of interesting. I mean I have attempted to use Unreal once. Yeah? Well, yeah. The- What's on like when when in the Unreal? Like was it recently or are we talking? Yeah, about it was recently since it was released on the Epic Store. Yeah, well, Unreal and Unity are, are now f- they're they're free engines. You can download them, and basically they use a revenue sharing method to where if you make like less than a hundred thousand dollars a year in yearly revenue on a game published with it, you know they take a small percentage and no licensing. Don't hold me to it. I don't really remember. But because um, I've never finished a project, I've started so many development projects myself just because I like I like doing it to brush up on my coding and modeling skills. But I've never actually finished a project. I'm the wrong person to be talking about publishing video games. Yeah, me as well. And it's real. I mean, they're so e- you can find prefabs that bring everything in there. I think Unreal has like a bolt now for multiplayer. I mean, there's just there's just. It's just a really easy way to uh, 
it's just a really easy way. And I think they both have really good communities, but I think you, I think Unreal is definitely the higher end of the two engines. That also makes it more complicated for me. But like I said, I'm I'm probably a little bit biased. I really like using Unity, but uh, I'm not gonna lie. I think I think Unreal makes really pretty games comparatively. So we have an engine, you know, and and like I said, because the Call of Duties are the top game. I don't think that they're everything, but, you know, if we're going to talk about Unreal being a tough nut to crack, let's talk about some games that use the Unreal Engine. You know, so we'll take this into modern day. This is going to be the legacy part. This is what Unreal gave to the world. Eh? Eh? See what we did there, Rob? No. Eh? Okay, well. So back in the beginning, Unreal (laughs) 1 was definitely Unreal. uh, Unreal Tournament. The originals were designed on the first engine, as was uh, the first of the Deus Ex games, which is kind of cool. You know, we got Unreal Engine 2, and each one of these has kind of been a a step up technologically. And Unreal Engine 2, some highlights of that were America's Army, the Bioshock 1 and 2, the uh, almost all the early Splinter Cell games. I mean, four or five or six of them were were done on the second Unreal Engine. And of course, Unreal Tournament, which was really Unreal Tournament 2003, Unreal Tournament 2004 which I think was like when Unreal Tournament was really in its uh, prime for esports. You know, a couple of years later, we'd get Unreal Engine 3, where, Rob, we were talking about Army of Two recently. That was made on the third Unreal Engine. The Batman Arkham series, the Borderlands 1, 2, and the prequel, all the Handsome Jack Borderlands were made on the Unreal Engine 3. We did an episode on DMC Devil May Cry, the emo Devil May Cry, right? Yeah, you love yeah. that game, don't you? Yeah, so much. Oh, yeah. so great. <laughs> that was an Unreal Engine 3 game. The first three Gears, probably one of the best-known gaming series that Epic is known for right now. Uh, the Gear series. Unreal Engine 3 did the first trilogy. The Mass Effect series is made on un- the, un- the third Unreal Engine, which, by the way, we just got the Mass Effect Legendary Edition, did we not? Yes, Yes, we did. I'm really kind of curious about that one because my understanding is one of the most positive changes they did to the game is they took the uh, fighting style, the control scheme of the latter games, and they made the first game in it. So the first Mass Effect isn't so clunky in the Legendary Edition, which I think is super exciting. I think the actual most exciting part is that it doesn't include Andromeda. I still haven't played Andromeda. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> we we forget about that. I bought it. I just never played it. Mortal Kombat was on the third engine. Rocket League, our obsession, on the third engine. Tom Clancy's Endgame, Rob. Oh. You, lo- you love Endgame. That's such a good game. I know. I I know, man. You you love it's such an obscure game and you love it. And the next, the XCOM, early XCOM, or I think middle XCOM series are on the third engine. You know, and then we get to the the fourth variant, which is where we are nowadays. A lot of really big, popular games are on it. Rob, you've been playing Ace Combat Seven recently, have you not? Uh, no. Not not in the last week. You've played Ace Combat recently, haven't you? I played it once so far, like okay. two weeks ago. But yes, right. I, I, yeah, 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 yeah. That's Unreal Engine. Arc. You play a lot of Arc. Never played that game in my life. Borderlands three, you play nope. lots of Borderlands. Your your nope. your your besties obsession, Kakarot. Kakarot's an Unreal Engine game. Carrot He's, cake, Dave. Carrot, carrot cake. cake. It's carrot cake. The or big Christmas one. Sport. The big one. Fortnite. 
And the other the other Battle Royale, PUBG, those are Unreal games. Kingdom Hearts is an Unreal Engine 3, Star Wars Jedi Fallen Order, the Tony Hawk mm-hmm. reboot, and uh, our other, my other obsession, Satisfactory, is uh, uh, yes. on the current Unreal Engine. Like I said, you know, it's a lot of AAA games use the Unreal Engine. It's used to develop a lot of really excellent games nowadays. And while the Unreal series may not have extended itself, you know, to the current gaming zeitgeist, I feel that Unreal itself is still very much alive in its engine. Which, let's be honest, that was what its draw was at the time. Now I can pretend Unreal wasn't a good game, but we all kind of were, we were so in love with the technology that that's what, it obscured everything else, you know what I mean? So it's kind of fitting that its technology is where it still lives to this day. You get what I'm saying? Yeah, I do. What did other people have to say? You know, we've kind of talked about critic reviews and we've looked at the Unreal Engine, but did did all the gamers, did the gamers love this game at the time? Well, let's ask them. Yeah, let's. So we start out with user Ian McLean on Moby Games, who says that having been in development for a very long time, Unreal was touted as being a Quake killer. Then it slipped past 1997 and Quake 2 had come out. Then it was hyped as the Quake 2 killer. Then, Unreal finally did come out, and there was much rejoicing. Then, Half-Life came out, and then Quake 3, and Unreal Tournament came out, and Unreal started its journey to becoming what is known as now a series of game engines, rather than an actual game. You see, the idea of Unreal being the Quake 2 killer was never anything more than a narrative conjured up by the gaming media. At a glance, you could see why. They both had colored lighting and a gun on the screen, and you run around and shoot stuff. Sure the gaming magazines went on about the interesting and unusual guns and the enemy AI, and the graphics too, of course. Did you know that the guy that made ReaperBot for Quake worked on Unreal's AI? Did you, Dave? Did you? Yes, I did. Oh, okay. Cool. There was Deathmatch too, with bots. Gee whiz, how cool. Well, honestly, I'm not being too sarcastic there. You're being a little sarcastic there. I mean, that's that's my inflection. It could totally be non-sarcastic. All right. But I'm a sarcastic dude. (laughs) All the stuff is genuinely very good and competent for the time. Best in class in some aspects. But that's not the meat of what made Unreal special. Indeed, if it had only succeeded on the usual PC Games Magazine review criteria alone, it certainly would be a very forgettable game today. And it kind of is. Moving on. What else is he going to say? Well, he goes on to say that, put simply, it's Unreal's ability to provoke awe in the player that is unmatched by any title that came before it, and no other title in the FPS genre could come close to matching it, arguably until perhaps Halo, released three years later. It sounds strange to say, but if there was a single word I'd use to describe the general mood of your journey through Unreal, it would be majestic. Were it not for the Mantis trying to clip your head off, or the Scars who are all too happy to flay you with their enormous retractable blades... Napali would be a beautiful place for a holiday. The whole concept that that no other title in the first-person shooter genre would come close to matching it uh, until Halo three years later is kind of hard because we got Half-Life in between. I do think, though, that Unreal did big open spaces better than anyone at the time, and I guess I agree in that respect. There wasn't another game that would open up and just leave you in awe of how just big the world was until you got to Halo till you got to Halo in 2000. Was it one? Yeah, it would have to be 2001 with the Xbox. So I, I guess I'll give them half points on that. Not Pali would be a nice place for a holiday. 
if there weren't enemies trying to kill you, trust me, I, I know personally. So it kind of sucks. Uh, yeah, I'm sure. All right. Well, what else we got? What else do users have to say? Well, next up, we have user Caddy B on Moby Games, who says that back in 1998, Unreal looked like no other game anyone had ever seen. It surpassed Quake 2 visually, and it was one of the few, quote, Quake 2 killers, end quote, to turn a few heads. The engine was brilliant in its design, ran silky smooth even on older computers, and looked good regardless of quality. This tradition has continued today on each iteration of the engine. Looks great and plays great, even on slightly dated computers. The tech was always the best part of the game. We've said that a lot, haven't we? Yeah, yeah no, I don't think we have. I don't think we've covered that yet. <laughs> what else do you have to say? He says that the problem with Unreal is it simply doesn't hold up. While some shooters stand the test of time, others simply lose their charm or playability in the modern world. Unreal falls into the latter category and is not given much attention anymore. And when replaying the game 11 years later, it's not hard to see why. First of all, the map design is a bit haphazard. Maps are a little too large, lack complexity, and get redundant and repetitive. While the omission of key hunts and switch runs may please some people, the levels feel like they are on rails and after a while, you'll just want to get off the ride. Despite its bizarre weapons, it just isn't fun to shoot the monsters, seeing as there are only six, excluding the annoyingly creepy bug things and wall huggers, there isn't much to shoot at and it gets boring and repetitive only about an hour in. A shooter that makes the task of blasting monsters seem boring simply isn't worth playing. The enemies in this game were bullet sponges too. Like they didn't. It's not like you shoot them once and they die. Like you had to shoot them and shoot them and shoot them and shoot them. And that was kind of that was kind of weird too. All right, who's who's what's what's up? Who's next? Next up, we have user Eremiel on Metacritic, who says that the game, in my opinion, has the best and most effective on-player atmosphere first-person shooter game ever. Right from the start, even on menu, you feel lonely, depressed, and scared. I feel Great that feelings. all the time. <laughs> I know. I was gonna say, that's, that's just a state of being. What do you mean? I, know. I don't need a game to help me with that. That's normal. <laughs> uh, graphics are great, and all textures colored gray, black, and sometimes dark green and blue that help to create a lot of strange and mysterious atmosphere. Also, the music is amazing. Most of the times, with the help of great level design and atmosphere, push you in an endless nightmare of being alone among the monsters. You will find some PDA during the game, usually, beside a dead body that is, with reading it, you can feel deep inside how miserable and lonely that guy was before dying. This guy really is <laughs> laying into the, the, the lonely hey, uh, buddy, and miserable. Buddy, some help? Yeah, I know. Yeah. Reach out to us if you need some help, Eremiel. Yeah, they finish up by saying that I can't say enough about amazing things that happened to me during playing this game. You should experience it by yourself. Man says he can't say enough about amazing things that happened to him, but his reviews all about how life is life is miserable, drab, and not full of anything. Maybe that's what makes it so fun. Well, Rob, I have one more review for you, and I do believe it is the highest of all honors. Yeah, yeah, I'll let you read this one. <laughs> Although, I'm going to start out by saying this is from user Jesus H. Christ on Metacritic. <laughs> so Jesus, take that from you, fucker. <laughs> so, so Jesus says, if you're a fan of games like Quake and Half-Life, you need to give Unreal a shot. It's got the same fast-paced action with nothing to interrupt it at all. No cutscenes or overuse of scripted events. It's also got a long campaign that'll leave you playing for hours upon hours. And the planet of Napali is the perfect, beautiful, and atmospheric setting for this game. So high praise from the J-Man himself. You should play Unreal. 
It's on Steam for uh, the Unreal Gold, which has, I think, it and uh, the DLC, which was called Return of Napoli. Basically, at the end of the game, Rob, you get off and onto, like, the ship. It it loses power in the atmosphere, and you're, at the end of the first game, you're, like, left drifting in space. And then, in the second one, you get dragged back and have to fight your way back through the planet. It's really, really great, huh? Sounds great. High praise. Well, I think that's about all I have to say about Unreal. It was fun to revisit. I'm not going to lie. I Would you say that it was unreal? <laughs> you know, it doesn't age well, in my opinion. It, it, it didn't reinvent the wheel. It doesn't do anything special. It's fun to play. It's fun nostalgia. I'm not going to lie. I, I do remember when this came out. I remember how much it flipped and pushed everything i mean games at this time all of them pushed computers to be better i mean i really do believe that that if it wasn't for pc gaming computers we we wouldn't be where we are with computing i I think that games pushed it i you know games pushed gpus game pushed sound sound cards game pushed the computers to just get better with their processing and it's games like this that were just technological marvels that helped push us further and further to where we are today so I'm thankful for games like this, but they don't really do anything other than that, in my opinion. And so it's hard because I, I want I, I do think you should play this. I think you should play this the same way that you should watch like, you know, older movies, you know, to have a sense of where we came from and and, and where we get things from, because this game, this game gave a lot to and I don't just mean the Unreal Gaming Engine. This game gave a lot to games after it. We have it and its atmosphere and its sound design and its level design to thank because there may not have been the halos of the world if there wasn't the Unreal in itself. You know what I mean? And so I do think that you should take the time, spend the $9.99 on Steam, and play through a game like this. You know, you might you might learn a thing or two, and that's always worthwhile in my opinion. And that... Yeah. I think is about all I have to say about Unreal. What would you like to add about the game itself? It's an Unreal game. That that's it. That's all. That's all I got. Cool. Cool story, bro. Yep. That that's it. That's all I got. Hope you liked it. <laughs> well, you know, what what let me ask you this. So real quick, real quick and easy question, because we've been talking about how this game created atmosphere was really good for atmosphere. Let's talk about that for a moment. What's your favorite game for its atmosphere? Doesn't have to be for its gameplay or anything else. When we're just talking, what do you like the atmosphere? Or I'll even give you aesthetic. Um, but what's your favorite game atmospherically? I'd say something like Elite Dangerous, but there's no atmosphere in space. Oh, crap. Was that a good joke? <laughs> oh, that one hurts. It's so good, but it hurts so bad at the same time. Oh. So you just like the aesthetic of space. You like the atmosphere of of big wide being being a little something in a big pond, basically. I mean, I I enjoy simulation games running for them. I I enjoy mostly flight simulators and space simulators a lot. It just, you know, the open air and space, just that 
freedom, as so to speak. It's just so much more open than what we have, and it would just be cool to to be among the sky or this be out among the stars. I like cyberpunk games. There's just something about the atmosphere and the aesthetic of cyberpunk that's really cool. The space is a close second to me. You ever play through the Dead Space games? I actually have not. You owe it to yourself to play through them. They're really great for dark, brooding, space horror atmosphere. They are really good games. I've played all of them. So, Yeah, um, those space horrors. Space horrors, yeah. Love the space horrors. But yeah. Alright, well, I found a gaming question of the week. If you would like to submit another gaming question of the week and have us answer it on air, you can do so at our website. That's www.memorycardlane.com. Also at our website, you will find archives to previous episodes. You will find a calendar of upcoming episodes so you can find out, uh, you know, submit a gaming question related to our episode. Or even better, submit your own review or opinion on one of our upcoming games because we would love to present it on air and give our opinion on it. You can also find our biographies. And you can find ways to interact and support us. Among the ways to interact with us, you can find our dis- link to our public Discord. You know, we record on our Discord, and we have silent listeners while we do it. We also play games. We get together as a community, and we play games, and, and Discord is, is where we use what we use to communicate with one another. You can also find ways to support us, uh, including our Patreon For only $2 a month, you can support our fledgling little podcast and help us keep the lights on. That's right. There's a single room in my house with one light bulb. And as long as that light bulb is on, we have a podcast. So please do not let the light bulb go out. Rob, what else can they find on our website? Also on our website, you can find a little blurb about Dave and maybe someday a little blurb about me. And right underneath those wonderful pictures and blurbs is a link to our social media. Dave, what are you doing on social media? You can find me on Twitter. I'm David is wrong. David underscore is underscore wrong. And I celebrate video game birthdays. And that that's honestly about what I do. I celebrate video game birthdays. So. How about you, Rob? What are you doing on social media these days? Well, one of these days when I get a hardware internet connection, I'm going to get back to streaming on twitch.tv forward slash F-A-T-B-O-I-R-I-P-Z. That's Fatboy Rips if you weren't following along at home. Yeah, but with yeah. an I and a Z. With, with an I and a Z. Because <laughs> I was going to say the same thing. <laughs> All right, well, I think that'll about do it for our episode today. Uh, and Rob, because every week we try to teach someone something new about the game, the world, what it took from the world or what it gave back to the world, I've decided that we're going to start asking ourselves, what did we learn with today's episode? I will start out by saying I had no clue that Digital Extremes, the developer of Warframe, which is a game I play an absolute ton of. I had no clue that they were instrumental in the in the creation of the Unreal Engine. Zero clue whatsoever that they were involved in it. So that's my takeaway from today's episode. What is your takeaway? Mm. So many, so many different things that I could pick, Dave. Yeah. There were just so many. You have to actually listen to it to to pick something though. I mean <laughs> <laughs> 
Ah, oh, good joke, good joke. No, I mean, honestly, I guess I didn't realize, like, and I know that this is kind of just, like, knowing that the game exists, but hearing all of the development and things, I didn't really know and understand that Unreal's engine had been developed because of this game. I thought, you know, it was just, like, they developed it and then stuff was made off of it. I guess I didn't realize that it was actually the opposite, that the game was designed and the engine was used for other games. You know? Yeah, they they kind of did it in tangent. You know, they they created these tools to create the game, so they were the engine and the game kind of came together basically. So yeah, and and now they make a butt ton more money on the engine and the Epic Store, which you know I don't, I know, I know. Trust me, I know that's so controversial. We could all do an entire episode on the Epic Store, but the truth of the matter is they're not going anywhere. Um, heck, I was reading because we recently talked about the fact that I bought an Oculus and I've been playing in 3D lately, uh, which is about the only gaming I've done recently lately. With what little time I've had, I've been playing various 3D titles. Uh, but they do special perks for Unreal developers. Like Facebook has like bounties for for Unreal developed games on the Oculus Store, which is kind of cool. So, but yeah, yeah, there we go. You learned about the Unreal Engine being made, and I learned that Digital Extremes has pedigree that I was absolutely unaware of, and that's really fascinating to me. So, And I pass that on to my Warframe friends. They didn't know either. None of us knew that Digital Extremes was basically the co-creator of the Unreal Engine. So, excuse me. So that is your trivia fact for the day. You're welcome. Uh, yeah, trivia. Cool. Well, Rob, that'll about do it for today's episode. Uh, before I take it out of here, what do you want to add? Aha, I bet you guys thought we weren't going to do it this week, but that's the trick. We changed it up on you. Mm -hmm. As always, we just want to take a minute to say thank you to all of our listeners, even those who sit creepily in the room playing American Truck Simulator while we record. <laughs> we appreciate you. And, you know, don't be a creep. Come say hello. Let us know you're here. Join the Discord. Hit us up. Be like, yo, here's some thoughts. And we'll be like, hey, that's pretty cool. Thank you for listening. You do know that they literally can't, like, pop into our podcast and interrupt recording, though, right? Well, yeah, I know that, Dave. Okay, I'm just making sure. I mean, what else do you want him to do but sit creepily and drive trucks while we talk? He's basically listening. They're listening to our podcast in real time, just like if they were listening to our podcast after we publish it. So what's what's the difference? In fact, well, they get the raw. I still have to edit this this, you know, hot mess of a podcast. And then publish it so, you know, they don't get the, they don't get my polish. They just get the, they get the raw, they get it raw. We raw dog it in their ears. I guess you could say it like that if you want to be weird. <laughs> Come on, I like being weird. <laughs> All oh, right, and man. on to next week, Dave. Yep. All right, guys, so next week, Overwatch turns five years old. I, I needed to have some birthday streaming. You know the sound I'm looking for. Nope. We are gathering friends and throwing a party, aren't we? We're going to try. That's it. That's it. We're going to throw a party. Come join us for Overwatch. Come join us as we take a look at what's perhaps the most popular hero shooter on the market today as we take next week's trip down memory card lane. Do the thing. Do 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 wa ba 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 boo ya